Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another hundred meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Hey guys, welcome to Lead United's Cricket Podcast, a podcast that has been calling for change from this England regime for a long time. And Chris Silward has finally bought down the axe. I am Rob. This is Rich. This is two podcasts in a week. Welcome back. Ooh. How are we doing, Rob? What's going on? Riding high, giddy from all the podcasts and giddy wow. from all the changes that are going on in this England dressing room at the moment. Yeah, it's pleasing, isn't it? We were just talking before, wasn't it? It's really, really pleasing that they have been quite decisive with this squad announcement. It's come a bit earlier than I expected. Sat there being bored to death watching Forest last night. Um, squad comes through, probably the most exciting thing of the evening. Yep, yep. It's aw- awesome, mate. Good changes, solid changes. Mm. And they, they've they gone so far down the path with the team that they've had and the investment that yep. they've put in. And they've finally gone, we've not quite got this right. Yeah, at this time, at yes. this time as well. Yeah, big time, yeah. And that's it. I thought it was really positive. Chris Silverwood has come out. Obviously, we'll, we'll name the squad in a moment, but Chris Silverwood has come out. And the ones that are omitted, he's made it very, very clear he wants them to go back to their yeah. counties to go and play some cricket and get away from this pressure and start scoring runs. You know, he's yeah. basically, he's expecting, certainly one or two, he's expecting them to be back in the squad at some point. So, so the big news, isn't it? Big, big news is Dominic Sibley, the opener, has been dropped. We've been calling for it for quite some time now, and I'm sure we are not alone. Uh, Zach Crawley, who was dropped for the last for the second test, he has also been um, omitted from the squad. And there is also no place for the spinners, Don Bess and Jack Leach, although Jack Leach apparently is on standby because yeah. um, the squad will only have the one spinner in it. Um, in Dawid Milan. Dawid? David? David? Or Dawid. Is it is it Milan or is it Milan? Milan. We could have it all wrong. David. <laughs> David Milan. Yes, yes. So he's in anyway. He's uh, 33. He's another sneaky old player. But the mm. T20 number one man in the world, or at least he was when we used to talk about being number one in the world. Things may have changed since then. Uh, but he's certainly still up there. He's in the squad. We've spoke about him before. He's got a pretty good record in Australia. Not got the greatest overall record for his in his time for England, but this is a guy that played for England before he became Dawid Milan, T20 yes. superstar, and all the experiences and confidence that comes from that. Um, so I think it's a really positive one. So let's just quickly rattle through the squad, if you don't mind. So Joe Root, obviously, is captain. Thank the Lord and the maker. He is still here yep. because we would not have a batting lineup if it wasn't him. So Joe Root leads the squad. And alphabetically, it's Moen Ali, James Anderson, Johnny Bairstow, Rory Burns, Joss Butler. Uh, funnily enough, Joss Butler gets a wicketkeeper next to his name, but Johnny Bairstow doesn't. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, that means nothing. Sam Curran, Hasib Hamid, Dan Lawrence, Saki Mahmood, Dawid Milan, 
however we want to say it. Craig Overton, Ollie Pope, Ollie Robinson and Mark Wood. Mm. Uh, we will no doubt dig into the bowling attack and what the potential makeup of that will be. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have to start first off, Sibley. It's the, it's, it's, it's the right call, mate. We've been saying for a long time, there's only so many opportunities that you can give someone and them not reward you enough. And we, we spoke about it for a long time on the podcast with Keaton Jennings when he just kept going and going and going under the Ed Smith regime and got more opportunities. Sibley's had opportunities. He had a great 2020 in average 40. The problem is 2019, he averaged 14, and 2021 is gone on average 19. So you bookend in a couple of really decent innings with some really poor ones. Four ducks this year, 356 runs, averaging 19.77. It's not... It's not good enough. It's not going to cut it. We've got a fundamental problem at the top of the order. We went through it and said England were the seventh or eighth worst opening team since 2016. That's a five-year period, Rich. I know maths. That's a five-year period of being really, really average. And they've invested the time and they've made the right call. Let's get Hamid in. And importantly, taking Hamid from batting at three, and then putting him in the opener slot, which is his comfort zone and what he's grown up with and what he does. Absolutely. That's it, isn't it? We're going to see Roy Burns open with Hasib Hamid. There is absolutely no doubt that David Milan will slot in at that number three spot. Yeah. Um, so first, I mean, simply had to go. What's the stat yes. here? He's passed the 35. He's only gone past that once in his last 15 test innings. Yeah. As you say, averaging 19.77 in 10 test matches this year. It, it, you just can't sustain it. You can't sustain it. It's the same as Zach Crawley, isn't it, who had that wonderful innings last year of 267 against Pakistan, um, but then he's done very little since then. Mm. Neither of them are bad players. Neither of them are in the sneaky old category. Um, simply sneaky young, actually. So, you know, there is time for him to come back. Zach Crawley undoubtedly will be back in the squad at some point, as long as he goes and scores runs. There is always the chance. Hasib Hamid, when he first came here to the England side uh, against India, um, he was exceptional, but then he just, he vanished. He could he forgot to score runs, didn't he? Um, so you never know what's going to happen, but I think this setup really likes the, to have consistency. And I think they really do rate the likes of Crawley. Sibley has a chance more than anything because he's played it. He has the experience and we are still in a situation where we are absolutely desperate for opening batsmen. Uh, it's certainly in red ball cricket. The only other player I think crossed my mind as an opener was Alex Lees. Yep. Um, a fair from, call. Uh, so there's no one else. Um, just so let's jump on to Milan then. Um, I think he's deserving. He's only played one first class innings this year, and that was 199. Score. And, and he's, he's new county Yorkshire. Obviously, we'll know him as a, as a middle sexian. Yeah, um, I'm sure that's what they're referred to. Um, <laughs> so it's a strange, but he's obviously playing a lot of uh white ball, he's playing the 100 for Trent Rockets, he's obviously T20s player. I think the experience he's got has turned him into a different player. He's going to be more positive. Um, you know, T20 is all about, well, his style of T20, sorry, is putting away the bad ball. It's yes. not being overly aggressive. Liam Livingston, for example, is absolutely wowing us all because he's smashing the ball out of stadiums all over the country. That's, I, I think maybe he's not quite at that point of translating that to, to red ball, maybe uh, at the highest level. But Milan, his game isn't predicated on going crazy and smashing it and being aggressive. Yeah. He should be able to play a very, very similar brand of cricket in test matches that he has been doing in white ball. So I think it should be relatively seamless. Obviously not playing much red ball this summer and this season. 
is a bit of a concern going into a test match, but we do have a week or so. So hopefully he can get his white pads back out, get the red ball firing down at him and he'll be ready to go. But uh, yeah, what's your overall thoughts of him back in the team, Milan, the new Milan? Talk to me. Tell me all about your thoughts on David. David. Well, I like the fact he scored 199, (laughs) but I think like every England player that comes and plays for England, you want them to have some red ball cricket under the belt. Mm. We spoke about the preparation for a home test series being possibly the worst it's ever been for a Mm. multitude of these England players. And it really shows on the pitch and and how they perform. Milan, Milan, same man. Incredible (laughs) T20 player. And what's important? One, he's done it at an international level and the best T20 player in the world. You can make that case because his world ranking point is higher than anyone else's has ever been in T20 cricket. That's the level of performance and consistency that he's given. Average is 46 with the bat in T20 cricket. That's hard to do, but that's 46 Mm -hmm. with the bat batting at number three alone. Again, really, Mm -hmm. really important, almost a thousand runs. What's what there is to like, and we spoke about it on the pod before, was he did well in Australia. 383 mm. runs, a highest of 140, average of 42. Did really, really well. Zero ducks, 52 boundaries, lighting stuff up. The problem I've got, and the big question mark that we've got for England, is as a number three unit, England are absolutely abysmal. New Zealand, Australia, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, South Africa, Zimbabwe, all average more in the number three slot than England since 2016. Mm. Milan's got a huge position to fill when you compare it to Pajara in India, and then you've Mm. got Labashain coming in at number three in Australia. So your one-to-one matchup is a huge deal. So he's got big shoes to go and fight against. Mm. And the fact that all his runs, he played three test matches batting at number four, averaged 11, played 12 test matches batting at number five, averaged 32. He's never played at number three in a red ball English team. So huge opportunity, but even though he's experienced in international cricket, there is inexperiences coming into the the role that he's going to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's not without risk, but this is the problem with the England top order at the minute. There is no solid option, is there? There is no solid person you can turn to. We joked, not joked, we haven't replaced Andrew Strauss's opener yet. Yeah. Yeah, he was with Oops. Sir Alistair Cook when they yeah. they were you know they were together. So Cook carried on. We've never replaced Strauss, and we're we're struggling to replace Cook now as well. So it's two openers. Number three, Trot. Are we still struggling to replace Trot? Well, <laughs> I don't know who who's been in the team since. I can't even think who has well, been in the since, team and had since raging two, success at number three. Yeah, since two thousand sixteen, mate. We have got through fourteen different players at the number three role, which is. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Highest average is Jason Roy, averaging 72, but only batted there once and failed as an opener, so doesn't really count. Crawley, interestingly enough, averages 38 at number three, Mm. which is very interesting, but that is 267 of those runs came in one innings and the next nine innings had 120 in it. Joe Root averaged 33, and we can say failed at number three. It didn't bring out the best of him. Joe Denley averaged 32, which... Seems a very England sort of number to average. Bairstow yeah. averaged 30 and had 14 innings there. James Vince averaged 30 
Heaton Jennings averaged 26 at number three. Tom Wesley, remember when he played five test matches for a series, averaged 24. Gary Balance, 21. Stokes, 19. Moeen Ali, 14. Dan Lawrence, 13. Craig Overton, 5. And Hamid, 4.5. So you, you run down the list. Even the great Joe Root, I'm using great with Joe Root because he deserves to be called great Joe Root at the moment for his batting displays wasn't mm. able to solidify a number three role. And I think you look at test cricket, openings got harder and batting at threes got harder, generally because people have poorer techniques and try and score faster than they used to back in the day. Number three All to right. me was the best player in the team. Should have been, should be. Not anymore. Oh, boy, except for oh, boycott. Didn't realise I was chatting to Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> techniques. Um, that's quite dark. I didn't realise how bad it was at three. Obviously, we've been obsessed with the openers. Yeah. Obsessed since Strauss. <laughs> um, but number three is probably as big a problem and has been as big a problem for England. It's papering over cracks, isn't it? You could argue, uh, obviously, the number three is in way earlier than they should be. Be interesting true. to see how, how that yeah, uh, shakes out with the stats. Yeah, um, but still, number three should be your calming influence, your anchor, your your man to play at different paces. If you if the openers see off the new ball or see the bit of shine off, and then you're in with a decent score on the board, you can kick on and keep going. If you're going in second ball of the innings, you you are an opener. It's such a crucial position. Um, I'm really pleased that they have gone with the change, though, for, for one yeah. other reason, regardless of who that is. And we'll chat around maybe one or two other options who they could have gone to at three. But it, they had to get Hasib Hamid to open. Got I to. thought it was a massive disservice to the young fella that they brought him in as a number three. He yes. sat there looking around at Burns and Sibley going, you boys are on last chance because that's the only reason <laughs> I'm here. Which is an uncomfortable position for him coming back into the squad. Yeah. You know, it, you'd rather be in a team where people have a bit of um, certainty in their positions. Yeah. But he obviously it had a big issue batting at three, certainly how long he had to wait in the first things, you know, an hour or so before he went in. So I'm really pleased to see that he should come into this with a much much bigger confidence level, um, especially after his, his 45 balls he faced in the second innings. Yes, it was only nine, but it wasn't about the runs he was scoring in that second innings. It does make a difference. And... Out of everyone, he's earned the right to open for England. He's gone away, yes. worked hard, come back, 642 runs, an average of 46, mm. two centuries, four fifties, and mm. batted just about the most balls in county cricket this year. It's, mm. I, I still don't yes. wrap my head around going, why is he batting at number three? But great call, no. get him into open. And, you know, us going, who else could bat at number three for England? The other one mm. that I came up with was Tom Abel, who's been fantastic, 635 runs at an average of 63. Yeah. But Milan is a safer bet because England's been burnt on bringing people in without test match experience as of yeah. late. Milan's got international experience, has scored runs against the best bowlers mm. in the world, different format, doesn't swing, still done it. It's, it's the safe yeah. bet to bring in, especially with Australia around the corner. Yeah, it's quite funny. I mean, historically, I've criticised the Ed Smith selection um, ideas, let's say. Yeah. When he first came out, obviously he's not involved in it, but when he first got involved, he was picking people off white ball success, wasn't he? He was. I'm now going, I think Milan's a really good selection because of his white ball success. <laughs> so we have it. gone full circle here. <laughs> yeah. So. I was right then and I'm right now. I don't care. I'm going to be inconsistent with what I use. Um, but I think he is a different player. He has confidence. He's scored runs against the best bowlers in the world, albeit yep. in shorter spells and the shorter format. But he deserves an opportunity. 
who else? Any other names? Abel, you, that's definitely one you were pushing for. Um, Johnny Bairstow, we spoke about, perhaps they look at getting him at three because then that would mm. uh, uh, you know, open a position for, for either Ollie Pope or Dan Lawrence, who they clearly both like. Yeah. Um, anyone else other than Bairstow and, and Abel? The only other one that I could have potentially gone back to would have been a James Vince, who has had a, yeah. a great season again. Um, yeah, got his first 100 for England, obviously, in the summer as well. Come back. Average is 30 at number three, but again, that was 2017-18. Mm. This is 2021. The world's a different place and James Vince is a better cricketer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just looking ahead briefly, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit here, but with when we get Mr. Stokes back in, and we don't know when that could be, he's obviously rightfully taking as much time as he needs. Uh, there isn't a deadline or a, you know on when he will return. It could well be in this series. It could well be in the World Cup. Uh, but if you start him at five, depending on how you, you do your spinning position, if you kept Butler and Ali at six and seven, there is no space for Pope, Lawrence or Bairstow. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. If Milan comes in and does well, if Hamid comes in and does well, yeah. that's it. That's your, your six. Yeah. Bairstow becomes in, your backup keeper. Yeah, absolutely. So it potentially becomes a strength, but we spoke about it in the last time, last pod. The batting lineup just looks a bit of a shambles. It just looks all over the place. And that last innings, it just didn't look right at all. Yeah. Um, so I'm pleased they've, they've ripped the, the plaster off with Sibley. Hopefully he goes away and score runs again. I'm sure Warwickshire fans will be thinking the same. Crawley, the same down in Kent. Burns, Hamid, Milan, Root. That's a solid four, hopefully, going forward. Um, we've got, I think Bairstow's going to retain his place, isn't he? Butler and Ali, I think they're going to play Ali because obviously there's no other spinner in the squad. Bess has been, was was kept um, for the first two games, but then released, he's moved off. Leach is the, the backup, um, who is back with his county, but he is on standby. So Ali and Butler are going to be there at six and seven. Would you? Is there any question for you over the wicket-keeping position or are you quite happy at the moment with Butler? Because obviously we've got Bairstow in there as well. I suppose the question would be, are you happy with the wicket-keeping situation or would you prefer one of Pope and Lawrence in the team above Butler at the moment, for example? I England are really poor at batting. <laughs> news yes, flash. Breaking you know. news, breaking news. And we have been for a while. So mm. if I look at it, I'm like, I need batting cover. And there's a couple of ways to do this. One mm. is you bring Craig Overton into the team and you play Butler, Alley, and Overton, which gives you three all-rounders mm. that potentially a couple will average in the 20s and Butler, you'd open and be up at 35. Yeah, just a quick one back on Overton. Is Overton, would you say he's more of a batting player than Curran? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Carry yes. on. Yes, I do. And I, I don't know why, but I feel like he probably is. I feel like he's someone that could potentially be more consistent. Yeah. It, it, when we, I think it's important in this part of the conversation we're talking about in middle order to talk about that sort of number eight position, the, the all-rounder bowler, if you like. But but I, I'm really interested to kind of get dug into this bowling attack as well at some point. Um, so, but uh, but yeah, carry on for now, and then we'll we'll dig into what we think it might be the main. It depends how you do it. Part of me would like England to pick a proper top six. Mm -hmm. Given we've not got Stokes, I feel we need a proper old school top six. So for me, I'm going Burns, Hamid, Milan, Root, Bairstow. And I, I struggle with this next selection because Ollie Pope 
is very similar to Dom Sibylians at Crawley, where he is mm. so out of touch, so out of whack. Mm. He's lost his technique for all being. He used to be a beautiful mm. player to watch. And then you yeah. saw him go to India and he's batting on trying to play off fifth stump and getting LBW all the time. And then you mm. see him getting cleaned up by Chris Rushworth that's going viral on Twitter. The, mm. the, the guy's a fantastic player, a fantastic talent, and a fantastic future. Mm. But I want to. I want to put him. I feel like I need a genuine top six in there. But yeah. I don't. I it could do more damage than what it's worth. Yeah, I mean Lawrence is another option. He's barely averaging twenty at the moment in his short Test career. I'm sure that that average will increase as he as he plays more. And you know he's still a young guy, isn't he? He's still very early twenties. So it is a tough one. It's it's almost you know just to get it the right look. Would you want Ali above Butler, for example, and then allow Beth, uh, Butler, sorry, to have a bit more freedom to play how he chooses with the tail? Yeah, I think I think for me, I'm going to go Pope at six. Yep. Um, Butler seven, Moeen Ali eight. That to me feels like we're giving ourselves the best chance of not completely collapsing and losing the series. There's how many tests are down? Two tests are down. We've got three to go. Mm. Lose this next test and you're done for. But yeah. England bowling attack can always take 20 wickets. It's the thing that's always got us by, mm. always got us through the tough times of having a bad team is because we can bowl teams out. And I know our pace attack is absolutely struggling with Archer mm. out, Broad out, Stokes out, uh, Wokes out. Wokes. Um, yeah. Th- there's I more than that, but... I feel yeah, we I need thought, the batting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. There's a little graphic on Cricket Info just talking about all the players, all the bowlers missing. Yeah. And I thought it was quite nice that they put Ollie Stone in there as well. Ollie Stone as well. Well, there's five. Yeah. And it, I you... thought that was quite generous, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was included in that. But so. it, 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 is a, it is a person, a player that's played for England. And yes, absolutely. Mark Wood, I think, if he's hurt his shoulder and I'm England, I'm not telling him to play in this test match. I'm trying to work out how I get him ready for the Ashes because there's no Joffre mm. Archer. Ollie Stone might be out. If we haven't got someone with some genuine wheels in Australia, we've yeah, seen how that's it. gone before. Yeah, forget it. So it will be interesting. And that's the thing. That's what I worry about England's mindset with this bowling attack because I think they will want Wood in because they're seeing him as a one of a kind at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's no one, like I said, there's no one else really there. Uh, the, the bowlers, let's just recap on the bowlers, what we have. So Curran, Robinson, Wood and Anderson played in the last test. We also have Craig Overton and Saki Mood was called up from Lancashire. Now, all six of those I would be quite happy to see play mm. uh, in one um, in one lineup or another. Now, Curran, after his king pair, after he's not the most convincing performances, although he did get the wicket of Virat Kohli, but that's the only wicket he has got so far. I, like you, would like to see Overton be given an opportunity. Now, I criticise England sometimes being a bit too obsessed about finding that bowler that can also bat, but Overton can bat at eight. Yeah. He is a Wokes-esque player, isn't he? Yeah. And he's um, been with Ollie Robinson, the best player in county cricket for three or four yes. seasons. Since his last stint yep. in 2018-19, he's been yeah. the best. He averaged 12-13 with the ball in first-class cricket. That's good enough to go. This guy has gone in county terms from good to great. He's made a change. He's got better. And you want to see... This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. What he's got. 
to know if mm. you're going to put him on a plane to Australia. Yeah, that's another good shout, isn't it, as well? So, I mean, I would really like to see Zaki Mahmood in the team as well, but I think just yes. talking about that number eight position, I think Overton could give you that balance. If we, if the, the five, six and seven remains as it was for the second test, you've got your spinner, spinner in there with Ali. Overton comes in at eight. Robinson's a lock at nine at the moment. Anderson, yeah. assuming he's fit, which he, he obviously passed his fitness test for the last test, he's a lock at 11. The question then is Wood or Mahmood? I think... If there's a if Wood looks like he's just about fit, there's a chance he could play if you play with those five bowlers, the four seamers. Yeah. But if we go with potentially what you were saying, Rob, where you go with Ali at eight and you put an extra batter in, which is yes. sensible with how batting woes, yeah. then I don't think Wood can be risked. You have to play then Mahmood or Curran. And I'm not sure I would want a lineup of Overton and Curran. No, no. So for me, I'm going with Pope at six. Butler seven, Ali eight, and then Masimas are Overton, Robinson, and Anderson. Okay, so Wood misses out for injury, let's say resting, and also Mahmood misses out um, and current. So, okay, that makes That's sense. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd like to see Overton at eight, Robinson nine, assuming Wood's not fit, Mahmood comes in, and then Anderson. I'd love to see Mahmood get his opportunity. Yeah. But Wood did bowl pretty well. I've been crit- critical yeah. of him over the years because he doesn't take enough wickets. He's a good bowler. He seems an absolutely amazing bloke. Great to have around, but I just need my, my quick to take more wickets. Yeah. And that's, that's, fair, all that's it fair enough, eh? It's, yeah. It is fair enough. Um, mm. I do feel he's he's better bowling now than what he was a few years ago. And he's he's putting some hard Absolutely. yards this year. Like um playing tests against New Zealand was hard, playing tests against India is hard, and playing tests in Sri Lanka and India is hard. So he's five innings with the ball, 14 wickets, an average of 35. A best of five for 142. If someone's getting five for 142, that's telling me they're, they're putting in some some hard yak to to be able to do that. Yeah, fair enough. Was there any other bowlers knocking around the county circuit? Any other seamers that you thought might be part of the conversation? Might Two. sneak into the squad? Two. Uh, Darren yep. Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> You talk Not, about you wanting a batsman a bowler that can bat. Darren Stevens. Get him in at eight. Get him in at eight. Um, no. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite difficult with county cricket because I do feel there is such a big leap mm. um, between the two. You look at the best bowlers going around, Luke Fletcher and Chris mm. Rushworth, neither of them, <laughs> anyone's going to put the hand up and say he should be in this England yeah. team. Um, Tim well, Murphy up Chris, there with 37 Chris. wickets. Yeah, I think Chris Rushworth did put his own hand up though after before the second test. Going, what you need a uh, a, a guy that can bat a bit that uh, bowls at such and such. Yeah, yeah. English seamer. Um, yeah, in, interesting enough, Craig Overton, thirty-seven wickets at thirteen this year as well, which is yeah. incredible. But I, th- I think the only one that England have got on the radar, uh, the radar, because there's Ethan Bamber's got a few wickets this year. Ryan Higgins, who's always getting wickets and runs, has got a few. Yeah. Little Chef Sam Cook's got a few. But um, mm. uh, Brandon Cars has got 34 wickets at 21 yes. in the county championship. So, again, he's part of that England conversation. If someone yeah. went down, he's the sort of guy I think you would see come in. Yeah, that's the name that came to my mind, to be honest with you. Yeah. Brandon Cars is, I like him. He's a big unit. He, he He's somebody that I think they'll take to Australia. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's not, he's not quite Tremlett. Nobody's yeah. Tremlett. No. Well, let's hope he's not a Boyd Rankin. You wow, uh, yes, let's not. Oh, no, I can, they've honestly, ruined it for me now. I, I can remember <laughs> seeing the Suns, uh, it might have been the Sun, it was some newspaper talking about the Giants going to Australia to conquer, and there was Harmison, 
Boyd Rankin and someone else that was massive, and all of them broke down injured, and Steve Armstrong <laughs> bowling at first slip. <laughs> oh, Boyd Rankin pulled his hamstring on the first day. Oh, <laughs> my word. My word. Oh, what anyway, a time to be yeah. alive. That was the Plunkett and Sajmamood tour, I believe. Ah, so Liam Plunkett before he added an extra five or ten miles an hour on the yeah. eighty mile an hour Liam Plunkett and the Sajmamood that I just I don't know what to say about Sajmamood in Australia that on that tour. Terrible. I'm not going to say anything. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so that's so that's where we think the England squad is. Yes. Uh, obviously, they are. It is worth just reiterating they are without Stuart Broad, yeah. Joffre Archer, Chris Wokes. Yeah. I think add to Anderson, that's your four seamers. That's what you want. Yes. Stokes is missing as well. So we're missing a lot of experience and a lot of quality at the moment. Um, yeah. It's basically a backup seam attack, isn't it? Uh, yes. You know, we just have to reiterate that. So I'm just not looking for excuses, just saying that this is not the attack that we, we thought we would be talking about this summer. It's good to see people get opportunities. Um, and like you said, it's important to get, for example... Overton in there as well to see if he is a man that you can take over the winter but yeah. you know we also have what's in front of us and England to put it in a not the nicest of terms England had the pants pulled down uh, at the end of the second test match yeah, they, they were did. they were pretty much put in their place and embarrassed yeah. I think so they need to come back strong they need to put out their mind completely the World Cup and the Ashes for the moment and go and win a game or two of cricket in this yes. series um, to keep it alive because if England go into this anything like they did towards the back end of this test, India will be all over them from ball it one. Will. It's, um, it's, a, it's a very resolute Indian team as well. You think what they've been through and what they've achieved. They went to Australia with a borderline second team, got bowled out for 36-37 in the first test, came back and won the series. That doesn't happen in Australia. You don't have that embarrassment happen to you and come back and win. Sure, they lost the... World Test Championship final. Um, just making sure you can see see the, see the badge. Um, but the, this is a this is potentially. I was watching the story of the World Test Championship final, a little doco, forty five minutes this morning, mm-hmm. and um, the Indian pundits talking about this being the finest Indian Test team there has been because India have had mm-hmm. great players in the past, great batsmen mm-hmm. in the past, but the bowling has sometimes been a little weak. Or mm. although they've had like an annual cumble or someone like that, this is well rounded. This is well structured. This has depth. You've got uh, Siraj coming into the lineup from absolutely nowhere, taking key wickets in Test matches, picking up the stump and running off. They've got mm-hmm. wherever they go. The openers have got depth. You've got Shubman Gill not playing. The guy looked a million dollars in the World Test Championship mm-hmm. when everyone struggled. So they're they're a very very good team. England are playing against. Yeah, absolutely. And and they've got the mentality, they've got the resilience, haven't they? There's yep. something about this team. Kohli, well, it has to be said, Kohli is not in good form at the moment. Kohli is not in good 12 form. 12 months or so is not Virat Kohli of old. You know, Joe, it's just worth noting, Joe Root has gone up to number two in the test rankings, hasn't he? Um, yep. Behind, uh, obviously, Kane Williamson. Um, struggled to think of him for a second there. How dare I? Uh, but Kohli is not. <laughs> the star guy at the moment. I mean, you might want to just pull up his stats in a moment, but considering the way Kohli is leading this team, nobody's really talking about Virat Kohli, the batsman. Yeah, he got 40 in, in, you know, so he's not in the worst form in the world and it's never going to be too far away before he comes back strong. If we start saying he's done or he's, he's, you know, not playing well enough, 
he will smack us in the face very quickly and go put yeah. a big hundred on. So we're not questioning that, but we're just saying he's leading and has this confidence he's in, in his own leadership. Forget about his batting ability, but in his own leadership with the foundation of quite a poor 12 to 18 months with the bat. Yeah. It's quite remarkable. You know, he is leading as if he is absolutely in charge, and, and obviously he is. Um, so it's, it's really, really good to see this Indian team that they're not taking any nonsense from anyone. They're not being bullied. They're not being pushed around. They're coming back strong. Um, let's hope, obviously, like I say, the third test, just just everyone does just take a couple of steps back and start again. Because uh, if, it, if it goes from basically, you know, from 100 like it was at the, the end of the second test, it's going to get messy very quickly. Um, with this Indian team, I think we're both in agreement, aren't we? That I, We think that they're probably going to go unchanged. I think they're going to yeah. reward the winning team. And I think they're really, really pleased with everyone's there. But there's probably a couple of questions, though, isn't there, with this team? I think batting-wise, Pajara and Rahani are under the microscope a little bit. Yeah. Um, Jadeja is under the microscope just because you have Ashwin running drinks at the moment. <laughs> and if Ashwin's behind anyone, there is going to be a question. It doesn't matter how well the player with yeah. the shirt is doing. Um, and the bowlers, obviously, there's always ways they could tweak the bowling attack if they choose to. Um, what do you? What's, what's your thoughts on any of that? I mean, do you think there's going to be a change of the batting first with you know Rahani or Pajara? Uh, I I don't think they will. I, I don't think they will. Um, they'll definitely start Sharma and Rahul, who are absolutely lighting stuff out. And you look at the guys that are on the sideline. You you've got pretty sure. 21 years old, ready to come in. You, you've got Vahari ready to come in, but I I just can't see them making any changes. If they were to make a change, to me, I think the only change you could look at would be bringing in Ashvin for Jadeja. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I really wanted to see Axa Patel bowl in England, given the amount mm. of success he had against the... And they'll be dying to get a left-arm spin that just runs it straight into the English pads to see if mm. it works in English conditions, but they need that depth of batting. Ashwin's mm. incredible cricketer, 400-odd test wickets, mm. averages 30 with the bat, incredible. Today has been a little disappointing for me. He hasn't bowled a lot, but with the bat, he's not quite been the guy that averages 40 and mm. potentially could be a top six player. So if I'm going to make any change, I think that would be the only one. And rolling back to Kohli, mate, there is a huge dip in Kohliism and uh, what Kohli stands for. 2016... Average 75. 2017, average 75. 2018, average 55. 2019, average 68. Since then, he has scored just over 400 test runs at an average of 22. Yikes. He averaged 19 last year. He's averaging 26 this year. Jimmy Anderson came out. I, th- I can't remember the year. It was when England toured. Kohli scored big double 100, mm. scored another 100 in India. And Anderson, instead of playing, saying, hey, well played, he's a good player, turned around and said, oh, no, playing in India, it hides all his flaws. So there's huge rivalry between those wow. guys. But other than the time that Coley came over, because Coley did have that tour of England where he, mm. he scored really well, he has generally struggled over here compared to anywhere else, averaging 33, 846 runs, 200s, 350s, four ducks. Um, mm. he is, this is a slump. This is a slump. Yeah. Coley has been red hot up there with Kane and Steve Smith as the best players in the world for a huge period, especially while mm. Joe Root simmered down as a test cricketer. Kohli yeah. mm. was the guy, and Kohli mm. was probably the guy that I would hang my hat on to take his team to victory. Mm. That's changed. I don't know what's changed, mm. but something's changed, and he's just not performing. 
No. And I think this is why he has become Virat Kohli, the captain. Mm. Um, he, it's, it's, he's such a proud man. He's such a, and I, I use the term arrogant, but not all arrogant comment is a negative. No. He has an arrogance to him, which every great player needs. And I think he knows himself. He has not performed in the last 12, 18, 24 months. Yeah. So he has to do something else. He doesn't want people talking to him about his stats or his form or his, 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 you know, his run of, uh, run of not the greatest uh, innings. So he's coming out firing. He's coming out and he's brought 10 blokes with him that all are up for a scrap. So nobody is talking about Virat Kohli, the batsman at the moment, because rightly so. Everyone's talking about Virat Kohli, the, the, the captain and the team rather than 11 individuals. Yeah. Um, so it is, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out because the longer he goes without scoring, the more you're going to get Jimmy Anderson, as Jimmy Anderson is always likely to do, to talk the ear off batsmen. We know he's a, he's a he's sandpaper. Uh, to a lot of people, isn't he, overseas? He is. yeah, we love Jimmy because of what Jimmy does for us, but I'm sure if Jimmy was an Australian, we would despise him. Yeah, <laughs> so we, we, would, we would respect we would, him. would see but, huge uh, problems with it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, But it's only going to get worse for it if, if he keeps failing with a bat. So he needs to make sure that he keeps his head as a captain first. Uh, if the runs come, that's great, but he needs to keep leading this team because it's this team that will win the series, not Virat Kohli, the batsman. Yeah. Um, Agarwal was supposed to be the opener, but KL Rahul has done so well, so I don't see him getting his opportunity yet. So I'm the same as you, Ashwin. It all depends, I suppose, as well. What you know, what will Headingley do? Are they going to set it up as a bit more of a? It looks like it might take a bit of spin later as we go. Um, there is a chance then you could potentially bring Ashwin in or even Axel Patel for one of the four seamers. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're going to tweak anywhere else. Obviously, injury. Who knows what could happen? But the batting looks pretty set, doesn't it, at the moment? just that one little potential change. Uh, and I'd love to see Ashwin in. I just, I'm just a big fan of him as a player, all-round player. And you know, he seems a great guy as well. So I'm always a, always a big fan to see Ashwin on the field. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good shout. And I, th- I think what's going on is K.L. Rahul and Joe Root are both hiding how hard it is to bat in this series. <laughs> yeah. They, they are, because those two are standing out above anyone else. Rohit Sharma's averaging 50, but there's no one else averaging above 34. And that person averaged 34 is Mohamed Chami. So it mm. is a bowler-led series, back end of English summer, tests being played in September, weather might come into it. Seamers wickets, which has always played into England's hands, but what is amazing about this Indian team is their bowling lineup is matching England's um, blow for blow. They, they mm. are. <laughs> and um, the question is, who wins the third test? What's the result going to be, Rich? This is the pressure call. It's India 1, England 0. Maybe I'm going to be generous. It was a 50-50 in the first test draw. That's potentially being dangerous. Second <laughs> test, England competing easily until a poor moment of captaincy, cough, <coughs> from Joe mm. Roof. And... Um, then getting blown away, which can happen to England. England of old have a bad result, a bad performance, and the wheels come off. Yeah. England of more recent years, when we have these performances that we get all upset about and frustrated about and annoyed about, they tend to write it quite quickly. That might not be always the case. I don't know, but that's how I feel. Uh, it might be that the, the, that England team is probably a few years into the in the rearview mirror now, but... I just think, especially if this was a back-to-back test, I would say India win. India yep. just completely, the, the wave consumes yes. um, England. But England will have time to step back. India, it's like a boxer, isn't it? You don't want the bell sometimes. India needed to just get straight back into it. Yeah. Go again. 
and just start haymaking, you know, throwing haymakers again. England needed this time off. They need to reflect, relax, go back, ease up a little bit and come back with a much calmer head, much more yes. sensible head. You know, we love to see the battles. I've got nothing wrong. With, I don't think there's anything wrong with Mark Wood steaming in, trying to take uh, his head off after he tried to take Jimmy Anderson's head off. Yeah. And let's remember that's how it started. Um, but we lost the plot. Yeah, we, we did. didn't have those cool, calm heads to do that and then go, right, I've told you what we think and now I'm going to knock your off stump out of the ground. Yeah. Simple as that. I know it sounds simple. <laughs> so, so long-winded way of saying, I think England come back and England have to win this game. A draw, yeah, it could easily be a draw. I'm not going to go draw because draw is boring, isn't it? It just means that we've probably got a bit of rain knocking around and whatever. I think England win because England have to win. And I think when England get in a position where they have to win, they tend to come back. Um, and especially after the way they were humbled yeah. at the home of cricket, at Lords, at HQ, they were humbled. They were put in the place, they were embarrassed a little bit. I think they come back and I think they, uh, they, they take it back to India with a yeah. much calmer... I, I do agree it. with you. If it was a back-to-back test, England are going to be in a really poor mental state. Mm. You think back 2005 Ashes, we got smashed at Lords, mm. had a break, came back, edge basting happened. Um, yeah. Old Trafford happened, then Trent Bridge. It was incredible. Mm. Not saying that's going to happen here because I don't think we've got the same quality of players no. at the test match no. level um, going out there. If Let's say there's no rain. If there's rain, it's a draw. Yep. I don't like myself saying this. I think David Milan's going to score runs. I do. I think he's going to score runs. He has runs. to. He has to. If we, if we want England to win, he has to score runs. He does. Hasib Hamid has to at least occupy the crease. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to give him a pass for what I've criticised Sibley, but let's remember Hasib Hamid is coming back into the team. Yeah. If Hasib Hamid is 10, 15 test matches in, he's still doing what Sibley was doing. I'll be criticising yeah. him. But, you know, those boys have to step up and actually and, and bat some time and, and hopefully score some runs. I think Bairstow scores runs, home ground. He's going to score runs. England's and, at 700. Yeah, yeah, we are going to score 700. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going England win. Yeah, I, I, I feel I, it. I struggled with that decision, but I'm going England win. Mm. Got Root and Bairstow playing on the home ground runs. Malone coming back in. Going to score also, some runs. Also I, home ground now for him. So. Yep. I fancy uh, the openers, someone to step up from Burns mm. or Hamid. One of them is going to score runs in this contest. And I also, uh, uh, headingly, one, Jimmy Anderson's pretty useful. Mm-hmm. If it's Robinson and Overton, headingly isn't the same wicket it used to be or the same arena, but it's still a ground where you would favour English seam bowling. And I think in Overton and Robinson, I'm hoping we've got mm. enough control with Jimmy Anderson to build pressure throughout. I don't feel there's mm-hmm. someone that's going to go around the park and put too much pressure on the other guy. So I'm I'm going in England win, yeah. but it's 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 really close. And maybe that's just a little bit of the English optimism trying to flush out an English win. Yeah, absolutely. A lot has to go right for England, and a lot they have to rectify a lot of the issues in the uh, in the meantime. Uh, before this uh, third test does kick off on Wednesday. So this uh, just next week, isn't it? Next Wednesday. Um, I, I, yeah, it's not, tough, it's not an easy one for me, but I think England will tough it out. I think they will get that win. Uh, but I, I expect India to come strong. And then it's back-to-backs, isn't it? The fourth and fifth test. So if, if it gets to that point, if we're one all going into the fourth test, we've then got two weeks, basically, of cricket yeah. where it could be anything. It could be 3-1 yeah. to either side or it could be a, a, a damp scrub of a draw as we go in. But, but England have to win this game to keep the series alive, in my opinion. 
if England lose this game, I can see England, I can see it spiraling, yeah. in all honesty. Yeah. So, uh, so they have to win. Simple as that. No excuses. Yeah. Time, time to step up. And just like yourselves, if you'd like to step up, you can hit that subscribe button, like, follow us wherever you are. We are on Twitter, YouTube, every every podcast <laughs> variety host that you could imagine. We are probably on there. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. This is proper hard test match cricket. Can't wait for the third test to roll around next week. Yep. Really happy with the changes England have made as well, Rich. Big time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited. And I can't allow this podcast to end, though. It's going to be at Headingley, the home of Yorkshire County Cricket Club, without saying, they're not going to be listening to me, but just put it out there. Yorkshire, release the oh. report. Oh. As in Rafiq has been waiting over a year for the report into racist, you know, the allegations of racism within that cricket club. I'm sure they're not alone, but yeah. face up to it. Release the report. Simple as yeah. that. Get on with it. Hopefully, by the time um, next time we get on the pod next week, mm. there will be a report out for the public for everyone to read, and yeah. um, we can either have closure or further have conversations no around what's what's to come from yeah, the I have n- a- alleged racism that's taken I place at the club. So. I have very little faith that they they, they will um, they yeah. will do what they need to do let's put it that way so it's, yes. uh, it's shocking how long it's been taking it's just they've embarrassed themselves and I think the ECB have come out as well haven't they and basically told them to get on with it yeah um, and the fact that they've not even really included Rafiq in the uh, in any of the dialogue of, of when to expect report or anything is is shocking really scandalous so get it done hurry up yeah very very poor well Rich thank you very much for jumping on my friend always good fun always good to have some good news coming out of the England camp it feels a long time since we've had a little bit of joy, and the joy is the axe coming down on Dom Sibley. Um, yes, poor old poor, Dom. Poor old Dom, but <laughs> we did talk about previous podcasts, horrendous yeah. preparation, injuries before the test series, get the lad out, get him playing some cricket, and uh, yeah. coming back stronger just like we will next week with a mm-hmm. another podcast so. and um, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> some paperwork to go through from Yorkshire. Um, but thank you so much for <laughs> listening, guys. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from Rich. We'll see you yeah. guys next time.